Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 118. Happy Thursday, October 20th, 2022. I cannot believe that we are in the kind of tail end of October. This is absolutely crazy. It, I, I, it doesn't even feel like it's October yet. It's crazy. Um, hey, I got this really sweet mug. It's Han Solo, and it says, I know, which means that there is a counterpart mug. I got these for my wife and it's princess Leia, and she says i love you and then hansel says i know so we we love these mugs they're great i'm enjoying my cup of joe it's delicious um yeah uh, before we get into the meat of the episode i wanted to remind you guys that um we really appreciate your donations and we're doing a lot with those donate that donation money a lot of it is uh, fuel for this and for Elijah Stream, so we really, really appreciate that. If you're don- donating to Elijah Streams, if you're donating to Elijah Fire, that's being put directly into this to make sure we can keep it free and we can keep it at five days a week, which we just started this week. Uh, but another thing that we're doing is digging water wells in Uganda. We partnered with Show Mercy International, a great ministry, uh, longtime friends of the Elijah List and Steve Schultz. And uh, Steve has committed to digging a new well every five days, uh, and a lot of resources are required to do that. So this is this is a big deal, providing clean water for people. Uh, so we're going to play a, a quick update. Just I like to keep this. Just I want to keep this fresh in your minds. Of you can see where this money, your donation money, is going to. So let's go ahead and play that video. Her day starts around seven a.m. After getting dressed, she washes her face using whatever water she has left over from the night before. The rest of her morning is filled with chores. She sweeps, works in the garden, and weaves mats. Her favorite thing to do in the morning is make a hot cup of tea. One of the highlights of her day is seeing her neighbors and friends that pass by. It can get lonely being by yourself. Jaja Gretti is fortunate to have a water source in her village because of Elijah Fire. Her friends and neighbors help her collect water so she can enjoy her cup of tea and care for herself. But that's not the case for everyone. Not everyone has access to a clean water source in their village. Not everyone has someone to help them. But you could be that someone. By donating towards the drilling of clean water wells in Uganda, you are helping thousands of people. You are giving them safe, clean drinking water. There you go. So when you go to ElijahFire.com slash donate, and you make a donation, even if it's $5, that money's being taken, you can... You can uh, Rest easy knowing that you can see where that money's going. It's going to this, it's going to that. Uh, and uh, thank you, seriously, guys. Thank you so much. You guys are so generous. Um, and so we really, really, really appreciate it. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of cool stuff to come in that regard. So uh, today's guest, you guys know her, you love her. She's a prophetic voice. She's an author. Uh, she's also my friend. I'll throw that in there. Good friend. She's the founder of Arise Kingdom Ministries and Speak Life. Let's give it up for my guest today, Krista Eloisa. 
Miss Elijah, hi. Hey. Welcome back to the show for the infinitieth time. I know, right? I, I feel like you're Cat Kerr. Like, if you yeah. were Steve Schultz, I would be your Cat Kerr. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. I'm definitely cool with that. Um, okay, Krista. Uh, what are we? What are we talking about today? We we titled it. I saw a storm coming. What is the storm? What's the dealio with the storm? Let's get into it. Yeah. So, um, I had a dream. Okay. <laughs> so I yeah. had a dream, and so usually when God gives me dreams, I even have my prophetic dreamer shirt on. Ooh, nice. That I made. Um. Which people can get on her website. I know. She's got all kinds of cool merch. Having fun creating all that stuff. It's all prophetic art. Um, But no, I actually, so I had a dream. And what I've realized with the Lord, with my dreams particularly, is that uh, they tend to be more warning dreams Mm -hmm. or they're destiny sort of shifting dreams. So. Uh, I have lots of visions. Most people that follow my ministry know that it's actually Mm -hmm. odd for me not to have visions when I talk to the Lord, but, uh, it's almost like I feel (laughs) for whatever reason, it seems like when God ever wants to warn me about something big, um, it usually comes in the way of a dream. Interesting. Uh, I, I personally believe that the reason why he does that is because, when I'm asleep, there's no getting my, like my soul's not uh-huh. in the way of the interpretation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm awake, when I'm awake and I have visions and I'll see things that don't look good, quote unquote, it will really challenge me. And, uh, because we know God is good. Like that's foundational. Right. Yeah. Um, even his judgments are just, and they mm-hmm. are good. And yeah. he's deemed us, he's judged us who are in him through the blood of Jesus as righteous and holy and redeemed. And we're protected and we're safe. Um, we're hidden in him. Uh, but a lot of times what looks like shaking to the world um it can take the body of Christ through shaking that gets us out of agreement with the systems of the world. Absolutely. We can look more like him. Yeah. And so um, there's a balance. It's not always a bad thing. I think sometimes too, with that, even like seeing a shaking uh, and it applying even to the church, Satan can then come in and be like, look around you. Look how bad it is. Look at all this stuff. But God, what God is ultimately doing is good. Like it's a good thing. Right. So. Yeah, he's always good. And, you know, there's this big lie that the enemy tries to indoctrinate us with when we're, you know, from the time that we're born really is that, you know, why do you know, bad things happen to good people. Well, number one, none of us is good. That's why we needed Jesus. So oh. hate to burst some bubbles with that, but <laughs> that's just the way it is. None of us are good apart from Jesus. And then, you know, so none of us are are innocent. We're born into sin and we live in this, even those of us who are believers, we live in the crosshairs or this tension between you know, the kingdom that is coming and the kingdom that is available to us now and the world that we live in, which is fallen. Mm -hmm. 
And so this is why, you know, the Lord promises us that he works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And he destroyed the effects of sin, not only in our own lives so that we can walk holy and redeemed and righteous like as Christ did, but also he annihilates the effects of sin that has been done to us. And yeah. so that's this, the hope that we have in this glorious, scandalous right. gospel. Yeah. But we still live in this reality where because of the fallen nature of our world, um, we are subject to the consequences of other people's sin. And so um, God uses it again, all for his good. And the dream that I had, uh, so first of all, I just want to say like, fear is not our portion. Like that is not our portion. So we aren't afraid. Perfect love casts out all fear. So when I begin to go through this dream and I start sharing about what the Lord showed me, I just want to remind everybody like fear is not your portion. Mm -hmm. If you are in Christ, fear is actually faith working in the enemy's kingdom and the enemy's camp. And so we choose to turn into our father, have him remind us of his love and his perfect will for us. And we trust that no matter what happens, that he is going to care for us. And so um, this is actually, it's, it's not like, you know, be afraid and go hoard up food and all this stuff. This is actually like, God is a good father and he's promised us that when we go through trials and shakings and tribulations, that he will be with us. Yeah. Yep. And so that's, he's, he's going to be with us in all of this. So, um, yeah. So Lord, I just break off the, the effects of the spirit of fear right now in Mm. Jesus name. And Lord, I just release your spirit of love right now. God, I just ask that you would, um, during this broadcast, even as I talk, Holy spirit, we just, Pray that the spirit of prophecy would go forth and that you would begin to give uh, everybody who listens to this broadcast uh, witty ideas that you'd give them innovation, that you would give them uh, wisdom and strategy and how to navigate the days ahead. And God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you that uh, you keep those whose minds are fixed on you in perfect peace. And so, Lord, we receive your peace even in the middle of storms and trials and shakings mm. in Jesus' name. Yes. And so, yeah, so I'm just going to get into the dream. Is that cool? Yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so in the dream, I started out in my home and uh, – this storm was coming and I heard sirens and I knew that we had to evacuate our home. So I had this dream on September 28th. It was right before the the storm, Hurricane Ian, that happened in Tampa. And I woke up the next morning. I didn't even know that a hurricane was coming because I, I really don't watch the news. Mm. Um, so I got on, I saw somebody post something in a news feed and I was like, oh, wow. Um, that's crazy. This hurricane is coming. And so I immediately started to pray for Florida. My brother-in-law, my sister live there. Um, and then I had to ask the Lord, was this dream regarding the hurricane? And he clearly, he gave me a very clear word and he said, no, it's not. This is something that has not yet happened. Hmm. And, um, 
So I just began to pray into the interpretation of the dream. So we needed to evacuate our home. So I get in my car uh, and I knew that my kids and that David were at my parents' house, my old house, the one that I grew up with it. Uh, uh, yeah, so this in. is in the dream still. So this is in the dream, yeah. yes. And so I get in my car and I'm headed to that house and um, I'm on highway 127. Okay. And all of a sudden there was this traffic jam. So there were lots of other cars that were on 127 and they were all backed up and they were trying to move south. And I look over this cornfield uh, that is right next to across the street is an old church. And I, I look across this cornfield and I see this huge storm that is amassing from the Northeast specifically. It's coming from the Northeast and it's coming down and it's black and it's purple and there's like green lightning. And Whoa. it was doing really strange things to the atmosphere. Like the internet wasn't working. There was glitches on our technology. The radio in my car wasn't working. Um, the lights were flickering down the street and in my automobile. And um, I could hear this, like, it sounded like, um, I don't even know how to explain it, but almost like muted voices on loudspeakers, uh, kind of what you hear in like uh, old World War II movies, mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yep. And I knew that I was, as I was looking at the storm, that it represented um, a storm of pride and ego from wicked world rulers. And that it was going to be motivated by money and greed and um, that there was going to be a lot of propaganda that was going to come with this storm. And so mm. whatever was, was motivating this thing. And, and it was strange because in the dream, I knew that it wasn't just human. I knew that there were elements in this storm and it felt like an invasion, like an alien invasion. Interesting. But it, it wasn't just very otherworldly with like the purple and the green lightning and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, everything has positive connotations, but then there's also negative connotations. And so that's how we interpret things is we, we pay attention to our intuition that we're getting through you know the the prophetic dream or the vision that we're having and and in this case i knew that it was bad it was ominous it wasn't good and um you know purple is a sign of like you know leadership or royalty right. and so i knew that it had to do with foreign countries foreign affairs but wicked rulers and that it was going to be demonically um you know, motivated, inspired by greed and by lust, and that a lot of propaganda was going to come with it. It felt like an invasion. So it was like, you know, uh, a foreign entity was going to be coming in and that it was going to be messing with our communications. It was going to yeah. be messing with our electronics, with the internet. Um, and that, uh, also that this was not a new thing. So 
in the storm, there was also a sound of like a music box. And I know that that might sound interesting, but it was like almost like a music box that you would hear in like a creepy horror movie. Okay. Um, although this was not like a horror movie. Um, and I knew that the sound of this music meant, and, and the fact that a music box rotates um, on a little spindle thing is that this was something, this was an attack or an enemy that rears its head. Like when you open a box, like it comes out every so often. I believe that it's an antichrist agenda mm -hmm. and that um, it's the same sort of thing that um, the same spirit that was behind, you know, the Nazi Germany and Hitler, that same antichrist spirit. And this was a song that has been sung through the ages, meaning like mm. this is not a new thing to the Lord or a new thing okay. to the world. Like we've yeah. been through this before. Yeah. And um, that actually gave me a lot of hope because, you know, we won right. World War II. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that um, so that is something to keep in mind uh, is that whatever this antichrist agenda is, it's not new to the Lord. It's a song that we've all heard before. Um, but there's also a frequency that's going to come with this. And what's really interesting, that's a whole nother topic. Um, but one of the things that they did during Nazi Germany was they changed the Hertz um, that we play our music through. So there's like the key of David, which is 444. And they actually changed it. Um, mm. And so all of our music has been actually in Discord since then. And we're just now getting back. Wow. Um, which is really interesting. And you guys can look that up. I'm not going to go into that rabbit trail yeah, that's today. Like a, that's like an episode in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. So, um, so I'm not going to go into that. And like, so then after... Once I get to the church, I, I look at the church uh, that's across the street from my house with, or from the road where the storm is happening. It's interesting um, because I had this urgency to get to my parents' old house. And that church happens to be on the same side of the street that my parents' house is on. As soon as I looked at it, I was instantly um, at my parents' house. I get inside my parents' house. There was an urgency to get inside to get away from the storm that was coming. The whole house was gutted and it looked like there was a remodeling that was taking place. Interesting. Yeah. Like everything was gutted. And then David, my husband, you know, he's a contractor. He's a carpenter. He walks down the hallway and he's got his work clothes on. And he says, hey, babe. And he instantly goes and he starts working on the house, like starts remodeling the house, like nothing's happening outside. Mm -hmm. And um, that was interesting. That to me spoke about Jesus um, were building his tabernacle, rebuilding his house. There's a remodeling that is taking place and a reformation that's taking place in the church in this season while this storm is happening outside. Yeah. And Jesus is not afraid. He's not concerned. Right. He's mm -hmm. he's building his house. And so 
um, I get in and I realize like the windows are open, like the blinds are open. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Oh, one more thing about the 127 and the significance of that being on Highway 27 and the direction that the church is going. So um, I was praying into what that 127, what the storm was. And the Lord spoke to me. He said one thing. He said, Pearl Harbor. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Pearl Harbor. I don't know much about Pearl Harbor. Mm -hmm. Um, I began to research it and I discovered that Pearl Harbor happened on 12-7. So December 7th. Yeah, I knew it was in December, but I always forget the actual day. Yeah. And so, and I was on highway one, two, seven Okay, and it was a yeah. surprise attack. And so I believe the Lord is like releasing these, this word right now so that we're not surprised. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying you actually feel like there's an actual, like there's an actual, some kind of an actual attack. That is what I am interpreting. Um, okay. Which I'm going to say that could be an, an attack could be so many different things, right? Like it's right. Uh, but well, are you, I mean, do, do you feel like, like a physical attack like Pearl Harbor or are you just, you're just saying more conceptually an attack? Like, what do you feel like it is? So I don't know. I I can't really say that. But Mm -hmm. what I can say is from the storm, I recognize that there was an invasion from the Northeast. Okay. And that when the invasion came, um, our government was involved. And no surprise there. Not surprised there. And um, there was a, there was a flurry of, propaganda Mm -hmm. um, of discord on the airwaves and it was specifically messing with our communication and our electronics. Also another scripture that, well, a scripture that the Lord led me to regarding 127 was in the book of revelation Mm -hmm. and in the book of revelation uh, chapter 12, verse seven, it talks about the archangel Michael battling the dragon and what's really interesting jeff is that i was on my facebook memories yesterday Uh and it was this time last year that god gave me the vision about china being saved and about the great dragon coming down I was just reminded of that like yesterday. Wow. It's like, oh wow, we're gonna be on Elijah Fire again. And mm-hmm. oh my goodness, like this was just last year. And it was talking about the great dragon. And so I I feel that there is a principality that is gonna be pulled down in this season. And I feel like, you know, China is gonna be involved in this attack the same way that they were involved in the Rona which was a biological attack. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. And usually when God gives me a dream, it takes about a year for that dream to actually be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. I've noticed. And so, um, 
do I think that this is going to happen this December 7th? No, I believe that this is actually going to take a long, you know, until next year. Yeah. I think the thing that I want to point out, and then we can talk about this in a million other things as we do. The the fact that you went into your parents' home, which it's interesting because we're doing a series with Cindy McGill right now about understanding your dreams. So we just did part two for yesterday. Um, so if you guys haven't seen it and you're really curious about dreams, go watch that. Um, but my guests keep bringing up dreams uh, as well around that that thing. And so uh, one of the things that we we learned is that also that a home can be uh, generational. It could be a, a sign of your generations. And and the interesting thing, I feel like this is very important because the enemy is cunning and he will come in and he'll try and take a word that God is giving that's meant to encourage us, like we talked about at the top of the show, and he can try and twist it and turn it into fear. There's a very important detail in this, and Krista, I'm sure you have a lot to say about this, but the fact that you found solace, you found peace in your home, and that there was a remodeling happening. The, the answer to this is not, it, it's just to, it's your, it's your home. It's your family. It's it, like, that's, that's what God is after is, is restoring the family is, is keeping that as your place of peace. And that's a good indicator to me that that's where we should be aiming our prayers. We should be focusing our attention on is our home and creating a place of peace and safety. Um, and that God is very much in that. He's always in that, but especially with this, I, I, that's really where Lauren and I have taken a lot of our energy, especially once 2020 hit, we were like, we really, really did a lot of work in terms of keeping our home safe, free of clutter, uh, spiritual clutter, um, all kinds of stuff. So I want to hear your thoughts on that, Krista. Yeah, no, that's true. And the Lord said, so yes, like our families. And then, you know, to me, um, he's really speaking to me, me personally, mm -hmm. about building his house mm -hmm. and about restoring and um, rebuilding the ruins of what is supposed to be our inheritance in him, in his house. Mm -hmm. And um you know, Jesus said, who is my mother and who are my brothers? They are those who do the will of my father. Mm -hmm. Right. And so um, there is, yes, like we should be creating this, um, this place of safety and shalom, uh, peace inside of our own home. But then there is very much God is, he is still about his house too. Yeah. And there was directly, you know, a judgment that came on the house of God when they built their own kingdoms. They were concerned about caring for their own house and they didn't care about God's house. They left it in ruins. There was a real judgment that was related to that. And the judgment that was related to that was financial and economic hardship. Hmm. And so, hmm. you know, we have to look at these things and know that what it, it's God's governmental character and it's his it, to continue cycles of life that whatever we sow, we reap. And yeah. so if we're sowing into ourselves, then we're going to reap 
more of that, you know, and yeah. if we're sowing to the spirit, if we're sowing to the things of God, then we're going to reap from that. And God promises that if we sow into the issues that are on his heart, you know, God said, and this is another, another 127 verses in James. And it talks about true religion is caring for the widows and the orphans in their affliction. Yeah. Right. Um, and Jesus said, whoever you know, does unto this one who clothes the the naked and who feeds the poor, they've done it unto me. And so this very much is, is about God rebuilding his house. Yeah. It's about rebuilding our individual homes. It's about rebuilding our ruins, like the ruins in our own soul, because we're a house too. And it also talks about the generations and restoring generational inheritance that has been lost because of um, the abandonment of, um, well, really, because we, we've we've turned to build other things and neglected the house of the Lord and the house of the Lord is his people. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, it, it's not brick and mortar. We are the living stones. Amen. Mm -hmm. Another 127 verses Psalms 127. And it talks about um, the Lord at, at the very beginning of the verse is um, where's that? If God's grace doesn't help the builders, they will labor in vain to build a house. If God's mercy doesn't protect the city, all the centuries will circle it in vain. It's really senseless to work so hard from early morning till late at night, toiling to make a living for fear of not having enough. God can provide for his devoted lovers even while they sleep. And I find this so interesting because I was asleep when I had this dream. Right. Right. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. And it says, children are God's love gift. They are heaven's generous reward. Mm. And children born to a young couple will one day rise to protect and provide for their parents. Happy will be the couple who has many of them. And um, so it's so interesting. Like, and, and then the Lord has also given me Psalm 27 as a promise um, for this season, which is, you know, Psalm 27, it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Why should I be afraid? He is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble when evil people come to devour me? Even when my enemies foes or my enemies come to attack, they'll stumble and fall. Even though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even when I'm attacked, I will remain confident. And the psalmist goes on to say, the one thing I ask of the Lord, the one thing I seek the most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He'll place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. So very much so. And you guys, I want to encourage you to meditate on that Psalm, you know, Psalm this 27. Is promise that when we stay hidden in El Shaddai, the all sufficient one, then he is, he is our shelter. He is our hiding place and our fortress in time of trouble. And we don't have to be afraid. Hmm. That's when he lifts our head above our enemies. And we can see from a heavenly perspective with wisdom and with strategy. Mm. And so he's, we don't need to, um, 
And then this is another thing. This is this really is the strategy for this season. And this is the psalm that I'm pressing into. It says in verse seven, hear me as I praise, O Lord, be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Like mm -hmm. this is where we need to be right now, guys, is that we need to one, be hidden in the Lord in this season and delighting in the Lord's presence. We are his temple. We are the stones that are building his house. We are the city on the hill. We are the new Jerusalem. We are the kingdom. Amen. Yeah. And we can hold our head high even when the enemy comes because we know he is going to be our shelter and our refuge. And we don't have to be afraid. You know, verse six, it says, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy and singing praises to the Lord with music. No matter what is happening on the outside, we can praise the Lord in these times of trouble. Right. Mm -hmm. And when he says, come and talk with me, we need to say, Lord, I'm coming. We need to listen to what he's saying. Um, when, and, and then as we go on, it says he's not going to abandon us. He's going to be our helper. Um, even if our mother and our father forsakes us, the Lord will hold me close is what it says. And it says, teach me how to live. Oh Lord, lead me along the right path for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath, they threaten me with violence. Yet I'm confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. Hmm. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. And so, um, guys. That's great. That is, this is, this so much like hope in mm -hmm. this, um, so we don't have to be afraid. <laughs> no. And so going back into the dream, because there's a couple more elements here that I want to hit on in this dream. So one, the Lord is coming and he's rebuilding the ruins of um, a former generation where we and he's restoring lost inheritance. So that was the first thing. Now I'm in the living room and my little boy, Ari, is there and Ari, his name means um, his full name means Lion of God, uh, or it means an eagle's roost or an eagle's nest. And to me, what what he usually represents in my dreams is um, my uh, spiritual sons and daughters. So those that I'm training up in the prophetic, I'm training up to be a voice in this generation. Mm -hmm. Um. So I realize like we're exposed because the window in the front is open. So I go to close the blinds and I grab my son. I pull him under my arm and I am like, look, son, we're going to lift up this shutter here on the blinds so that we can see what is happening out front here. We can see what's taking place in the world. And I began to disciple my son and how to discern the storm that was happening. Yeah. And then and to see, you know, yeah, to see what is happening yeah. in the world. So the front usually represents what's happening in the world hmm. or out front, right? Like this is what everybody is seeing. Mm -hmm. but, and I believe that this um, speaks to we're in a season where we need to be bringing people under our wing. Mm, that's good. Like that's really good. That's how we multiply, right? Like we, we bring people in under our wing we, and 
if, if you're somebody and maybe look, everybody can disciple somebody. You don't have to know the Bible front to back. All you have to do is know how to love and know how to open your Bible. And if you don't um, know the answer to a question, guess what? All you have to do is pray and point it, point people back to Jesus. That's all you have to do. Yeah. Um, so we need to be bringing people in and discipling them. And actually the Lord has really convicted me of that. I've started a mentoring program. It's off the hook. I'm telling you like the anointing and the glory that has been on that thing is amazing. Um, and if you're interested, you can go to KristaElisha.com and click on the mentoring tab um, to find out more about that. But really, I, you know, it's, it's, we need to be training people in this season to discern the times. Yeah. And I um, think too, like even when Paul says in first Corinthians 11, one, he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. He's talking about discipleship, mentorship, like that's, that's it. So any of you that are feeling a little squeamish about it, cause you're like, Oh, I don't know as much as Krista does. Or I don't know as much as so-and-so like, it literally is just bring somebody along and encouraging them to imitate what you're doing. Or like, if you're going to teach somebody how to swing an ax, right. And chop wood, you show them a motion and they imitate you in that motion. Right. So it's, um, everybody is going to have someone, I don't care how young you are. You're going to have somebody that you can mentor. It could even be a peer. Like it's not like, you don't have to be like, Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm 19 years old. So I guess I have to mentor a 10 year old. Yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> but you can also come alongside other people who are young believers or aren't believers yet and encourage them in that as well. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the other thing too, is that I really believe that the fact that we have lost the, um, okay, help me Jesus. The fact that we have turned the church, the Western church has become a one man show. Yo, say it. And, um, nobody has been given permission to use their gifts to add to the house of God. Dude. And because we've been so afraid of making a mess, right. Hmm. Or so afraid of people messing up. Well, in order for us to grow, we have to have an environment where we are free to yes, make mistakes and also have the grace to be able to clean them up in a loving community mm -hmm. where everyone knows like, Hey, we're all growing. Yeah. That is something that I have within my faith family here is that I'm, I'm because I'm, I'm the face or I'm leading this, this movement. Like I have to allow myself, my heart has to be humble. And I invite people who are close to me to tell me, even people that are in my mentorship program or wherever, like if I have hurt your heart, you have permission to come and tell me how I hurt you yeah. so that I can repent and be aware. Now, not everything mm -hmm. in my you know, responsible for sometimes I'm not. And sometimes there's healing that needs to happen in the heart of that person. Um, but there are times where, you know, I fall short and I need eyes around me to tell me where I've fallen so that I can repent and become more like Jesus. And that's yeah. the kind of community that we need to have. And I also tell people when I prophesy, like, Hey, if I tell you something and it doesn't quite hit the mark, 
or something in what I said was off, you have permission to tell me. That's how I've grown so accurate in the prophetic Mm -hmm. is because I allow people to correct me so that when they tell me like, hey, you missed it here, I can be like, oh, okay. So when I was experiencing this from the Lord, this is really what that meant, right? And that's how you fine tune the the communications that you get from the Holy Spirit. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned the leadership thing. Uh, I think sometimes in the church, we can hear somebody say something like, it's become a one-man show for too long. And then people immediately take that and go to the extreme and go, whoa, Chris is condemning leadership. You know, it's, I'm glad that you pointed that out. Cause I was going to point it out if you didn't, that what you're not saying, uh, it, people don't just take what you're saying. They take, they can take what you're not saying and put that in there too. Um, and I think that leadership is important. The Bible talks about the value of leadership and how leaders are to conduct themselves, all of that. So um, you're coming at this from a very biblical perspective, but I do think, yeah, as a leader, it is so important to be approachable and for people to be seen and heard. Now, it doesn't mean that if somebody comes to you and says, Chris, Ivan, I've already you're doing your ministry all wrong. You need to, uh, you need to start doing a spaghetti ministry and that's, you, you haven't been doing anything involving spaghetti and that's wrong. Uh, there's there's going to be a weighing that happens as a leader, right? Where you're given things and some some of it might not line up with what God has shown you, but it's important that people see, feel seen and heard still um, because that keeps that door open, right? right. Uh, so, yeah. And, and this is a word um, for people. Look, we're, God says very specifically in the Bible that we are to honor our leadership. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you right now, God will never... Um, You will never step into your call to be a leader if you do not know how to submit to leadership. Um, There have been seasons in my- It's not going to be easy all the time. (laughs) No, because I mean, I have had the Lord tell me, I want you to submit and covenant yourself to this leadership that I did not agree with, that I was hurt by. Mm -hmm. And um, when I said I- told him I didn't want to do that. He said, I haven't asked you to do that for you or even for them. I've asked you to do it for me. Mm. And because he said, because these people are important to me and I've placed you in this house to believe what I believe about them and to prophesy what I believe about them and to pray for them so that they step into all that I've had, I have for them. Mm. And then out of that, I did. And I did that for a season. And then when the Lord released me from that, um, I knew that through that perp, through that, that, that time that I had actually, it was training for me to learn how to be a leader and how to give grace to leaders because they're, they're just people, right? We're just people Mm -hmm. and, and we don't know. And I've made mistakes as leadership. And and honestly, it's the mistakes that I've made as a leader and the times that I have fallen short and I've hurt people and I've been controlling and I haven't looked like Jesus that have taught me how to love like Jesus have taught me how to be a good leader today. Um, And so it's, 
we have to give grace, both leaders giving grace and believing the best about the people underneath them, and also the people underneath leadership um, believing what God says about them and leaning into the voice of the Lord to lift them up. And um, it it's a hard place to be in when you're, you're a leader and you feel like you always have to be the most spiritual person in the room. Like you're not free to be a human being. You're not free to ask for prayer. You're not, you know what I mean? Like we got to get out of that guys. Like we have to create an environment where, you know, we're just people who are trying to love other people and love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, we have to be able to ask for help when we know that we need help. We need to create a space of vulnerability um, and we need to stop as leaders. I'm saying this as a leader, we need to stop trying to control the show. We need to start, Um, finding the people that are within our family of faith, because church is not supposed to run like an organization. It's supposed to look like family. We're supposed to find the the children in the house that are maturing in faith, that have gifts, that have talents, that can contribute to the body and take some of the weight of responsibility off of us as we entrust those things to them. Hmm. Right? Like, my kids, you know, my daughter is 19. My son is 12. Okay. There was a day that my son was not old enough. He wasn't big enough to to do the dishes because he couldn't reach the sink. But that child sure can help hand clean dishes out of the dishwasher to mommy. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, my daughter, she's 19. There's a lot of stuff that I can trust her with that I can delegate to her because she's mature. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, that's what we need to be doing. Um, and that's when when our house is full of children, of spiritual offspring, they grow up and take care of the mother and father of the house, right? That's when they become a blessing. And we don't have to be doing all the work. It's It's actually a gift from God that we can train and equip and then release people. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so... Grace. Yeah. Grace. Yeah. Um, I think that the 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 whole thing about leadership though is very uh I I would I would we I would encourage people to not write this up like ah this doesn't apply to me. Everybody is a leader in some fashion. Yes. And so this applies to everyone. You're like, oh I don't have a ministry. Oh, I'm not a manager at a job. Oh, I'm not you are leading in something. And it is so important to heed this stuff about leadership um, because whether you are in a position where you've got a small sphere of influence or you're about ready to transition into a large sphere of influence, um, it still applies. It absolutely still applies. Absolutely. Yeah. There's always somebody who's watching you and um, as a witness, mm-hmm. are are you rightly representing Jesus? Yeah. When we rightly represent him, he becomes irresistible. Mm-hmm. And um, Jesus walks in love demonstrated. He mm-hmm. releases grace. And there are even times where he says offensive things to, um, to offend our pride, to reveal our heart. And so, cause he's humble. And so, um, I just want to bless you guys with that. And, you know, if you're a leader, I just, and maybe 
you're like, wow, I'm hearing this. And I, I have been running this show by myself for the longest time and it's been a burden. And, um, you know, I, I just feel like one, the Lord says there's grace for you. He understands the system in which you were taught in. And, um, see, I've had this amazing opportunity to not be, um, trained in the religious system. I've been brought up in the field. I have been trained by the Holy Spirit. Um, although I have been a part of a church that I am submitted to and leaders that I, that I love and I cherish, um, the Lord has really taught me, um, that, and given me permission and showed me biblically that to be a true leader, a pastor, a shepherd is really just to be a mom or a dad who loves spiritual children and who is willing to wipe butts and clean faces. And so <laughs> I, I can do that. I know how to do that. And so um, that's how I shepherd. That's how I pastor. That's how I apostle. Mm -hmm. And that's the function of my prophetic gifting. Um, and when I evangelize, that's that's my heart. I want to I want out of my love for Jesus, I want to reproduce um, people who love him, right? Mm -hmm. And know him. So and that, that it's all about family, guys. And um, yes, our nuclear family, but also those um, that are in the world that are orphans that don't know that who their daddy is yet that need a place to belong. And, and also people within the church that do not realize who their father God is. Um, I believe there's going to be a great harvest within the church, Jeff, um, within the church. Interesting. Uh, there's a lot of people that are in the religious system that although they might believe in Jesus, um, they have not truly surrendered their lives to him. And so they're not mm. living in abundant life yet. Interesting. And I, yeah. And I believe a lot of these shakings, a lot of the storms that are coming that have happened and that are going to continue to happen. Um, and I, and I believe the next one that we're going to see real big is going to be in 2023, another shaking, um, another okay. storm. Okay. Um, it's, it's to wake up the remnant within the walls. Hmm. And then once the remnant within the walls of the church, those of us who are awakened, who are walking in the power, who understand our identity in Christ as sons and daughters of God, right? we we begin to then shake the people next to us and tell them to wake up we become the the um the point of contact for the power of god that defibrillates and brings to life dead hearts um mm -hmm. and we stir within the body a hunger to want to know him more to want to go all in to not hold anything back you know jesus said that um true life was to know him and uh, to know the one who, who sent him. Hmm. That was what eternal life was. And so when you know him and you know that he, it's a life in exchange for life, it's not, I'm going to fit him into my life. Hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. when we experience real life. Yeah. Um, so I feel like there's going to be a great harvest within the walls of the church or the religious system. And, um, I believe that, so with the latter part of my dream, because I know we don't have a whole lot of time today, which, you know. I yeah, we've we got, we've got a little bit more. We can go to like an hour 20. So we've got, okay. we can let okay. it breathe a little bit more. 
cool. Yay. Yeah. Cause I'm just like, I'm trying to pump out this. No, I know. Yeah. But, um, so with, the uh, um, the rest of my dream, I turn around and I see that, um, my brother-in-law and my sister are there. What's interesting. My brother-in-law's name is Jeff. My sister's name is Holly and Holly means holy. And I specifically think of Holly, um, like, you know, the Christmas. I know I was, I was just thinking that I'm like, or Christmas. <laughs> yeah. And, um, which is also interesting because talking about, you know, the, the suddenly, um, with the storm and the, um, Pearl Harbor and that happening in December. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, so Jeff, your name means bringer, carrier of peace, carrier of shalom. Yeah, divine peace, God's peace, carrier mm-hmm. of peace. Yeah. And then Holly, um, they're both in the kitchen with my daughter, Samara. And Samara's name means watchtower um, and guarded by God. So I believe that in the kitchen, which is the area of preparation, um, that we are in a season, this this next year is a season for the body of Christ to experience the kiss of heaven, to experience a holy kiss. Mm. And as we are intimate and we are kissing Jesus in the secret place, we are going to experience an abundance of peace. He is going to make residence um, in our home, in our heart, in our fellowship as the bringer of peace. And that from that place, um, we are going to, there's going to be a rise of intercessors mm-hmm. and voices that are going to stand in the gap um, as watchmen on the watchtower that are going to begin to herald um, the gospel in, in a, a new sound um of warning to those who are on the outside um and i also hear habakkuk um to you know come i will go to my watchtower to wait on the lord to see what he says and then i will write down the vision on tablets and make it plain so that those who run with it um can run. Right. And so this is going to be a season of going to the watchtower, um, experiencing the kiss of heaven through worship and through seeking the Lord in prayer, listening to him when he speaks to us. And as we speak, he's going to give us, or as he speaks, he's going to give us peace. Hmm. Um, he's going to show us the way into prosperity. And, um, so I realize that um, standing in the kitchen with Holly and with Jeff and with Samara, I hear my dog barking in the backyard. Now, my dog's name is Abby. And she's a pit bull, but she's she's a nanny dog, okay? And everybody, but she's barking. And I knew that the Lord was saying that there was an alarm, that he was. And so the name Abby, it means the father's joy. And so... I really feel like this is not like it's an alarm, but it's actually an alarm. Like the the Lord is alarming his people in this season of a great joy that he wants to um, to experience. Hmm. And so I'm like, oh, goodness, I, I have to go outside. I have to get my my girl, Abby. I opened the back door and it was the craziest thing. 
it was, have you ever seen those like cat enclosures? I think so. Like a catio where like you, is it a catio? Yeah. Is that what where it is? It's like, like the cat patio, can go outside, but, it's, but it's, it's like, is that what you're talking about? Yes. Like, I didn't yeah, know okay. it was called a catio, but yeah, I catio. like that name a lot better. Yeah. Where you basically um, so just wall off your patio so the cat can go outside, but it's not outside, outside. Yes. So there was this huge enclosure that was like made of chicken wire. So a cat couldn't get out of it, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is so funny because I don't have any cats. Um, don't have any cats. So, but it's a cat enclosure. And what was very interesting at the top was, um, you know, closed off. And in this enclosure, there was a garden and there was a fountain and there was, um, there were goldfish inside this fountain that had coins in their mouths. And there was literally like everything we needed for life inside this enclosure off the back of the house. Now, the back of the house represents our personal lives, right? Front of the house is what's happening in the world. The back of the house is what's happening in our personal lives. Hmm. And so um, my, I get my dog, her tail is wagging. And in this enclosure, you could not see the storm. The storms, I knew it was out there. And I knew that I didn't want to go on the other side of the fence but I could not see it in this enclosure, like literally couldn't see the storm clouds through, through the fence. Um, and then I, I look off to um, the side of the house that, which is actually Gates road. It's the road that um, my one running video, my encounter with Jesus, where I was talking about, you know, he's coming back, like, you know, don't get left behind. Yeah. Um, really, that video was more about the church getting their priorities straight and not and getting their hearts right and turning back to God and, and, and back to righteousness, back to his love, getting rid of the sins that so easily ensnare us and beset us so that we can run our race um, and not allow our family to go to hell because we're living in compromise. Um, so that road is called Gates Road. From Gates Road, I see a herd of cats coming. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, oh my gosh, like the floodgates are open, the cats are coming, you know, like what is mm -hmm. happening here? And um, they're all over the place and they're scattered and they're afraid and they're meowing and the storm is coming. And I knew that it was not safe for them to be exposed. Um, yet they had no one to lead them. And um, so I uh, grab, I can't remember what it was that I grabbed, but it was like some, you know, I was pretending like I had cat food and I run along the side of the fence and I'm like, here, kitty, kitty, come yeah. here. You know, and I'm like trying to literally herd cats along the outside of this fencing and I lead them down this wall and there's this little narrow opening, just this little narrow opening in the fence where a pole is. And I start guiding the cats in through this narrow opening. And I knew as soon as they would get inside the enclosure, they were people. Mm. And these people look totally different from us. And like, when I say us, like, uh, if you've seen my spiritual daughter, Ryland, she's got like nose rings, she's gorgeous, you know, tattoos everywhere, 
I have piercings, you know, it's in the shape of the big dipper because everywhere I go, I pour out the word of the Lord, just saying, um, <laughs> but you know, we don't, we don't look like the religious system. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now, back to the show. Um, these people that came in, yeah, they didn't look like the religious system, but it wasn't because of an outward reality. It was because of an inward reality. Yeah, man, come on. Like, um, ugh, okay. Sorry, keep going. I was gonna No, go, go ahead. If you want to crack open. I, I am so tired of this judging people by their outward appearance when there's so much life that they are giving and God is using in such a huge way. And we need to get over our religious. Everyone needs to be square. Everybody needs to look a certain way. Absolutely not. You guys like, so if you, if you are offended by, by her saying, Oh, it looks like the big dipper. Let that be a encouragement to you to take that before the father and say, why do I feel this way? This is not a her problem. This is a me problem. Um, I think it is a very, guys, I cannot stress this enough. I've been there, done that with that other, on the other side of the tracks with that. It's a waste of time to demand everyone look a certain way when they look like Jesus, like that guys, please, like if you are offended by that, take it before the Lord and ask him to refine that out of you. Read Psalm 139, search me, God, and know my heart, test me and and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of understanding. I kind of butchered it. That's the gist of it. But guys, it is so important. Like, if they look like Jesus, like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, there's so much I could say about this. I am so passionate about this. Like, if you're offended, take it before the Lord. So often we take our offense, and this isn't a generalized statement of everybody. We take our offense and we put it on the other person and say, I'm offended. You need to change. No, guys, you need to change and let that sink in. And look, I, I'm constantly in this process of going, why am I offended by this? Why am I offended by that person? But it's a me problem. Most of the time, I would say nine times out of 10, it's a me problem. Mm-hmm. So like, I I'm saying this in love. I love you guys. I love all of you guys. And I know there's a lot of amens in the comments. Um, but if you are offended by this, a lot of times it's a you problem and we need to ask ourselves why, because sometimes it isn't a, 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 a me problem, right? Krista, sometimes it is a legitimate, like, mm, like, like I'm offended by someone who says crazy stuff about abortion, but it's important to not sacrifice love in replace in place of that offense. Like the offense should never be greater than my love for that individual. So there you go. Mm. Well, you know, the thing too is like, I mean, I went on this big, that thing about my piercings, that was actually a prophetic word that I got from somebody else when I was ashamed of my piercings Mm -hmm. and I tried to take them out when I first got saved and I hated myself. I already felt so ugly, Jeff. Mm -hmm. And I had, then I had these huge gaping holes in my face. Oh my gosh, it's going to make me cry. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, you loved me and you saved me before I ever got these. 
if I am going to have a hole in my face, are you, is, does it really anger you so much if I have something sparkly in it? And, you know, uh, the Lord actually led me on this journey through scripture where he showed me that Rebecca, who is a matriarch of the Jewish people and a grandmother of Jesus, had her nose pierced when it, when the servant of Isaac came and got her, found her at the well. It doesn't say that he put a ring on her finger. He put a ring in that girl's nose, y'all. Hmm. Her face was pierced. Wow. Her face was pierced when love servants were um, decided or when slaves decided that they wanted to stay with their master's family because they loved their master and their master's household. They could become love servants. And even after their debt was paid, they would go to the, the, the threshold of their master's door and they would literally have their nail or their ears nailed to the door. They would have a nail pierced through their door, hammered to the threshold of their master's door saying, I belong to my master's mm -hmm. house and I will listen and obey the words of my master as if he is my father. That's what they were saying. And so there's so much um, ignorance about this topic and about cultural implications at that time versus this time. Mm -hmm. And, um, Dude, there's even prophecies and tattoos. That's a whole nother journey. I, you know, yeah. well, um, Cindy but, McGill was talking about tattoo, uh, interpretation? Tat tattoo interpretation. She goes out with Doug Addison and does that. And, uh, some other people, she was mentioning that yesterday saying that we might get into some of that next week as well. So it's like, yeah, That's it's a thing. Awesome. So you guys are just getting set up. Cause I didn't yeah. know this. Right. <laughs> But all of my tattoos, they have a prophetic meaning. And I was not living for the Lord. I mean, yeah. I was a Satanist. And I have family tattooed on my family arm with a heart in between the man and a woman. And my whole thing is family. It's all ministry. I mean, like, and I didn't plan that. Like, I didn't know about prophecy and, like, what different parts of your body mean. Like, I had no clue. Right. So this is, and this is part of the God rebuilding his fallen house, right? Because there's people on the fringe that look like me that are being left out because we're offended by the way they look. And, and God is like, no, that that's my baby, hmm. you know? And, and even Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus was reckoned um, afflicted by God. He was of no regard. He did not stand out. Has anyone ever wondered why why the Bible doesn't explicitly mention the physical characteristics of Jesus? Hmm. Why? It's because when we look like Jesus, God wanted us to know that to look like Jesus meant to have the character of Jesus. Yeah. There's that yeah. and John the Baptist, he was totally offended. He literally everything the man did was a direct assault towards the religious system of the time. And we have to remember that. And I'll tell you guys too, offense is our response to fear. Hmm. When we see something 
that we're actually uncertain of that makes us not feel safe, we become offended to build up a boundary around us so that that person cannot affect us. And oftentimes with the spirit of religion, the the back end of the spirit of religion says, I'm offended by this thing that I think God would be offended by. And I don't want to have anything to do with that because I don't want to get in trouble with God. Hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? There's a fear of punishment there. But the Bible says that now there is no fear in love for perfect love casts out the fear of punishment. That's actually what that verse there should be interpreted as. There's no punishment or condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. So we don't have to be afraid. And if we are living close to the Lord and we're full of the Holy Spirit, we don't have to worry about whatever is out there or on them jumping on us. Okay. Um, That's why Jesus could have dinner with sinners and prostitutes, right? Because what was in him, what filled him, he was so full of God that there was no room. He had nothing in common with the enemy. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, yeah. I mean, I will tell you honestly, Jeff, almost every single person that um, up front and immediately I was offended by, they have truly ended up becoming great blessings in my life. Yeah. Yeah, same. And so that's another thing to consider, guys, is like, you know, Jesus, like when the lady came and said, hey, will you, you know, my daughter's being tormented and, you know, uh, but she was a foreigner. She was a Samaritan. Jesus turned around and looked at her and said, uh, well, I actually didn't, you know, come for, you know, the the dogs or whatever. I came for the lost children of Israel. And then this woman, and he did that intentionally. Mm-hmm. to confront pride. Yeah. And I bet that lady was offended. I mean, I know I'd be offended if I was just called a dog. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's another term word that, you're, that we you have know, yeah. in the English language. Yeah. And that's what Jesus said to this woman. And she humbled herself and said, you know, but even the little dogs are allowed to eat scraps from the master's mm-hmm. table. She lowered herself to that point. She didn't argue, right? She yeah. lowered herself and said, and I've yeah, even but- been told that, that that passage where Jesus is, is talking about it, it's kind of like a, you know, when he's saying like dogs like dogs, right? Like, like he knows what people say about them. Um, he, and the religious leaders were there listening. Mm-hmm you know, the ones that were pompous and righteous and thought that they held the corner market on faith and knew who the Messiah was. They were there listening. And Jesus said that and how she responded in her humility. And then he said, I've not seen faith like this in all of it. He was literally challenging the religious leaders Mm -hmm. who believed that the Samaritans were dogs. And And so it was a confrontation of the religious spirit And he was really, it was a prophetic picture to say to the religious, the Pharisees and Sadducees that were watching that exchange to say, blessed are those who are not offended by me. Hmm. Right. And that's, that's where we need to be like, yeah, unoffendable. And going back to what you were talking about, about, you know, this year, God, God waking up the remnant and 
I think that we can't look at like, oh, well, I operate in the gifts and all that stuff. And that's my ticket. That's my, that's the sign of that. It's one of many. But also, I think if you look at the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, like, are you exuding those things? And if we're not, like, we got to do a lot more time in that secret place with God, you know, and 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 getting that refiner's fire going and and uh, burning out these other things. Because it's like, you can't just look at like, because there are even people that are operating in the gifts that aren't, aren't there yet. And right. look, we're, I'm not, I am not saying I've arrived. I like that. I, I, like every day it's this process of taking these things before the Lord and allowing him to, to burn away the, the excess, to burn away the impurities. Um, and that's, that's like a, that's like a lifelong commitment. So I know there's some people who, who just came to the Lord uh, recently and, and let that be an encouragement to you to not give up. Like this is a, uh, this is a lifelong process. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think a lot of people get discouraged because they don't see that instantaneous God operates not in the McDonald's, you know, vending machine, you know, instant gratification world that we've been conditioned to, to want. He operates counter to that. And often that process, that length, that process of refinement we can't get so focused on, well, I want to be more loving, you know? And so you look at a specific way that you think you should love and you miss out on all of the good stuff that God is doing along the way to get you to that place. Um, yeah. It's kind of like, you know, Oh, we're going to go, we're going to go to, uh, uh, we're going to go on a road trip to Colorado. Uh, so the, the drive there is going to be awesome. Like you're going to see cool landmarks. You're going to see all kinds of cool stuff. It's that it's the, the journey along the way that is also memorable, not just you going to Colorado. So, yeah. That's such a good word, Jeff. Yeah. Um, and you know that I just want to encourage. So whoever's like, you're looking for somebody to disciple you. And look, if you're a new believer, this is what you need. You need to find the people who are in your sphere that inspire you, that are carrying what you want from the Lord. Like you see them and you see the relationship that they have with the Lord and that's what you want. And then you pursue that relationship. And, um, that is, uh, literally like that's, that's what I did. And it is, it is totally a journey. And this whole thing really is about looking like Jesus, meaning having his character and his nature, mm -hmm. which is love. I, um, for years, I pursued the gifts and the supernatural because I wanted God to validate me. Mm -hmm. Well, if you work a miracle through me, Lord, I know that I'm valid. Right. But that's actually not yeah. the conduit mm -hmm. for the supernatural. That's not the conduit for the gifts. The gifts of the spirit function through the conduit, which is love. And the more that we surrender to his love, the more that we discover what his love actually looks like, the more deliverance we go through, the more inner healing that we receive. Um, we realize that we're already valid. We're, we're already worthy because he's deemed us that way. We're already loved. We're not working to be loved or right. to receive validation. And that is when literally you become a gate of glory that, um, people who are lost, that are scared, 
um, that are hungry begin to flock to because where there is love, there's life. Yeah. Because the Bible says that God is love and whoever mm. knows love knows God. Yeah. And if God is love and he's also life, he's the way, the truth and the life. That means that to know love is to know life. Mm. And so that's the journey that we're on. Don't pursue the gifts as much. I mean, pursue earnestly desire the gifts, but above all that earnestly desire to know Christ yeah. and to be conformed to his image, which is love. I mean, and I just, can I do a little thing? I know you have to go. So I'll be really yeah. quick. Yeah. So we just had our Arise Women's Summit in Colorado, in Canyon City. And uh, speaking of my spiritual da daughter, Rylan, you know, beautiful with her nose ring and her tattoos. Um, she actually ministered uh, one morning, Saturday morning. And I always pray that God will bring people like her into my meetings. And so um, she was a witch. <laughs> she didn't think she was, but she was because she was operating in, in that. Right. And she'll admit that she's in a witch metal band and, um, she was dabbling in the supernatural, but you know, wasn't serving the Lord. And it's so funny. I've had so many, I've had several women walk into my meetings and I'll have people with the spirit of religion come up and say, Oh, there's a witch in here. You need to kick her out. And I'm like, that's funny because the Lord doesn't say that about her. She might be operating in witchcraft. The Lord doesn't call her a witch. Hmm. You know, he calls her one whom he loves, yeah. beloved, one he died for. And if she just encounters that, then she's going to get rid of all the other lovers. Right. So at the women's summit, um, we had all prepped up and there was this one girl that walked in and she was with another family who had come from Tennessee and she had coffins in her ears. She had piercings. She had, you know, all this beautiful, beautiful girl, but you could tell like she was dead. Right. Mm -hmm. And I could just yes. feel like her heartbrokenness. And instead of walk away and, you know, whatever, I just looked at her and I said, honey, I'm so happy that you're here. Mm. And I put my hand on her shoulder and I just said, and I looked her straight in the eyes and I said, Lord, I ask that you would wreck this girl's life this weekend, that she would come in, that she wow. would feel at home, that she would know that she is radically loved by you and that she has a place in your house. God, I break anxiety off of her right now mm. in Jesus name. And Lord, I thank you that you are going to absolutely change her life from this day forward. Do you know that by, because it was Thursday through Saturday that we had our meetings. The last day we asked all the women to dress up in a white dress to be prepared as a bride for her bridegroom. Rylan preached that morning. She shared her testimony of how, you know, God pursued her through me, which it, there's an Elijah fire episode about that. She tells her story. I believe. Yeah. And, um, I, I was sitting on the edge of the stage looking down at this girl and she's another woman has her arm around her and she's weeping under the love of God and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, dude. It was so beautiful. And I said, man, that girl, we need to crown her. And I heard the name Esther over her. And uh, my Rylan then says, I actually brought my crown to give to a very special woman today. 
and she calls that girl out of the crowd to come up to the stage on, and man. she gives her this crown and we pray and we prophesy over her i break witchcraft and occult stuff off of her life this this girl weeps she gets healed she gets delivered she turns around and she tells rylan i was i have tarot cards and all this stuff at home i'm gonna go throw them away i don't want anything else in my life i just want jesus come on and oh my gosh guys like or i could have been offended by her when she yeah. walked in, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there's a witch in here. Yeah, she like, literally looks like somebody had brought her back to life. Her color is beautiful. Wow. And um, so if she's watching this, today is her birthday. Oh my goodness! Happy birthday! Happy birthday, Madeline, Queen Esther! I love you. I'm so happy that you're part of the family, mm-hmm. and you've got to come hang out with us. You're just in Indiana, so there's no excuse. <laughs> so <laughs> happy birthday, Madeline! We love you. Oh, that's awesome. That's and then awesome. I just started crying because you know I said, "Oh my God, I'm a grandma," you know. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, she asked Ryland to be her spiritual mom, which makes oh. me. So yeah, that's so cool. I love that. Okay, Krista, I'm gonna have you pray for the people. Okay. We yeah. talked about a lot. This is a there's a lot, a lot here. So yeah. So Lord, I just I thank you, God, that we don't have to be afraid. Lord, I thank you that you are coming against the spirit of fear that has been operating in your body. Wow, God, even as like Halloween is, you know, just right around the corner, Lord, I just pray that a ferocious faith would fall on your people, that we would not be intimidated by the enemy or offended by what might look different than us, God. Lord, I just pray that we would be unoffendable and that we would rise up, that we would arise and that we would shine knowing That what is in us, that the spirit of God in us is greater than the spirit that is in the world. Mm. Father, I pray just for a spirit of, um, of intercession and of intimacy to fall on those that are listening, that, that they would take this warning word from you to know that this is not something that we need to be afraid about, that we don't need to hoard. But what we need to do is we need to know that you are for us, that you are not against us, that you are going to provide for us, even in a time of famine, that in this time of famine, we're we're not even going to feel the effects of the storm. Your hand is going to be on us as it was on the Israelites in Goshen. Mm. And God, that this is actually going to be a great ingathering of souls. And God, I pray for a, um, wow. I, I just decree this over the people. God, blessed are those who are not offended by you, Jesus. Mm. I pray that there would be an acceleration on us coming in to, um, being reformed and rebuilt to look like you on the inside out God. And I pray that your house would be full. Wow. Wow. And I even, I just like, I keep going to like the herding cats thing. It's going to look crazy guys. And it's not, it's, but it's going to be a suddenly and, um, and you are going to be prepared. You're going to have everything you need. You're not going to lack any good thing. And, um, the time is now 
for you to lay a hold of those things that God has given you to build God's plan on earth, to be ready for this influx mm. of souls into the kingdom. Yes. In Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. Also, Lord, I release the mantle of motherhood. I'm sorry. I just, no, you're I, good. I release I wanna... the mantle of motherhood over the women that are watching and God, um, even the, the nurturing character of God over the men. This is not a, you know, men can change diapers too. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, to daddies can, can love on babies and clean up babies. And actually guys, you have a responsibility to prophesy identity over this generation that are coming in. But I just release that mantle of, of parenthood right now that God, you will show them who their Elishas are, that you'll show them who, um, you know, their the next generation is that you're calling them to put a wing over to, to teach them and to disciple them how to discern the times in Jesus name. Mm -hmm. Yes, Lord. Hmm. Drop it like it's hot, Jeff. What you got? Amen. I don't. I. I don't have anything actually. I feel the peace. Is what you got? Just to release that peace, the peace of God in the times of, of trial and shaking. Hmm. You carry that really well. Well, Lord, I just release. Yeah, I just release that peace over people. Um, I just address fear and anxiety that those things are um god they come from the pit of hell fear and anxiety i see you krista and i see you and over the people who are dealing with this we just loose that from their souls in jesus name father i think that you, yes. that you are you are all about joy and God, that you bring peace. Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest, is what it says. That's a promise. And so we just mm -hmm. declare that over the people now. Peace. Be still in Jesus' name. God, I love that Psalm 91 says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And God, that we would we would hear that invitation to draw in closer. We would hear that invitation to find refuge in the shadow of the Almighty. That we can abide there. And God, that you command your angels concerning us to guard us in all our ways. That you they lift us up in their hands so that we will not strike our foot against a stone and that we also have victory in that place to trample the lion and the cobra as it's written in Psalm 91. And so Lord, yes, we just thank you for that peace. We thank you for that rest in you. And I want to thank you for the word of the Lord. I want to thank you for you loving us enough to warn us, to caution us um, against giving in to what the world is, is trying to pull us down into. No, be afraid. No, 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 no. Don't trust God. Trust this. Look only at your immediate circumstances. But God, I want to thank you for the gift of faith. I want to thank you that we can trust, that we can take that faith 
and we can put that towards something. And that's trusting you and standing on your word. Because what else is there but your word? What other firm foundations are there? There are none but your word and your promise. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. And so, yeah, God, I thank you that you're just acting on on the behalf of the people now, that this is still true, that this the, the power of this still exists because, God, your word is a living, it's, it's living and it's alive. And so, yes, God, we just pray for peace. We thank you that you are, you are even now delivering that peace to people. We love you. We love you, Lord. And we thank you for all that you're doing in the lives of the people. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Okay. So Krista, how can people follow you and all the good stuff you got going on? They can find me on my Facebook page, which is, um, you know, Krista Alicia Joy. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on TikTok. Um, or you could just go to kristalicia.com and you'll find everything concerning my ministry there. I'm also on YouTube, but um, the website is the best way to, to find out everything, including awesome merch, my new mentoring program, a free download of my devotional and um, the Arise Women's Movement, all this stuff. God is so good. So, wow. and we, we would love to have you as part of the movement. So, yeah, there you go, people. Crystalisha.com. And the links, as you guys know, are always in the description to all the stuff that, that my guests talk about. So you can find links to all those things as well. Her social media, uh, her store, all that cool stuff. So, um, or her website or whatever, whatever it is there. Also, I want to point out that, uh, in the description, we put a link to the interview I did with Rylan, um, as who you mentioned a couple of times. So people can go watch that, hear her testimony. It's really, really powerful, really great. So go check that out. Link is in the description. Krista, thank you so much. You're amazing. You're amazing Such too. A good friend. I love you. Yeah, love you. Love okay, you guys. Love you, everybody. Um, that's our show. Tune in tomorrow, an hour later than normal. It's going to be 3 p.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. Eastern time because we've got Costin Woodhouse back hailing from Australia. We're going to be talking, he's a Bible teacher. So we're going to be talking all about the importance of biblical literacy and then also how to spot um, progressive theology uh, and how, why that's not biblical. It, God, it's going to be an absolute dynamite show. So you're not going to want to miss that. Also, there's a link, that. a donate link at the end, ElijahFire.com slash donate. We thank you guys so much for your contributions. If this has blessed you, I would just ask that you just pray, ask the God if you're supposed to give an amount. Um, it doesn't have to be $500. Uh, if you're like, oh, I don't have $500. Maybe you have five, maybe you have a dollar. Like, honestly, it, we really appreciate any and all donations. You guys are super generous. So thank you so much. So we'll see you tomorrow at 3 p.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. Eastern time with Costume Woodhouse. See you then, guys. Bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.